Cool. Well, a very good morning. Really good to see all your lovely faces. I'm trusting that it has been a good week for you. I'm learning more and more to abide with Jesus. Yes? It's easy, huh? Eh? Lifelong journey, everyone. It's a lifelong journey. But I think the season that we're going in where it feels like, I'm sure it's not the first time you've heard of abiding in the Lord, right? It's not the first time you've heard of walking with the Spirit. But it does seem like the Spirit is doing something amongst us. And so we want to get on with what the Lord is doing. And so I do want us to commit ourselves for the rest of this month. Just to really have a tie, really pressing into the Lord. To find out, find that abiding space for us, or that thin space, or walking with the Spirit. There's so many different terminologies, but also powerful. I think when the Lord is working, these things do seem easier to us, and we'll hopefully have longer legs. And we really want to just maximize this time of pressing into the Lord. So just want to encourage us towards Wednesday. We were incredibly blessed in our group, and having our time together. Trusted you were. If you haven't found a group yet, please get hold of Justine, who is over there at the back. Uh, find her and ask her which group you can join. It definitely will be worth your while. 1 Corinthians 12, if you have your Bibles, please. 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to be reading most of the chapter, if not the whole one, and then uh, one or two verses from 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation, which we spoke about last week, the manifestation of the Spirit. What for? For the common good. To one is given through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, English or Afrikaans, vaccinated or unvaccinated, we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, it would be creepy, but where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 
those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothed with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension, division, or fighting within the body. But the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Jumping to verse 31. But strive for the greater gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. Chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but I do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. Chapter 14. Pursue love and strive for the spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. The first point I want to make, and I think Paul's trying to make here, is that all spiritual gifts exalt Jesus as Lord. That's the point of our gifts. Exalting Jesus as Lord. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever sees that Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So everyone in this room who has come to a place of calling Jesus Lord has been impacted by the Holy Spirit, right? Wasn't you in your clever way of going, yes, man, I'm just so clever, I'm going to choose Jesus. The Holy Spirit did a work in you. And what he says is that the same Holy Spirit that caused you to exalt Jesus now lives in you so that the gifts which you operate by should have the same result. Bringing praise to Jesus. Not so that you can be a chili evangelist and make lots of money. That's not the point of your gift. The point of your gift is to exalt Jesus, not yourself. And so he's saying, as we understand and grow in these gifts, he says, I don't want you to be uninformed. You need to know about spiritual gifts, but he says they're given to us that Jesus would be exalted. And that's how we can see whether the Holy Spirit is being worked through people in a valid way. It's because at the end of that gift, is the gift exalted or is Jesus exalted? And unfortunately, I say, but it is the Lord's wisdom, so he knows better than me. He says that gifts are without repentance, which means he gives gifts, and even if you completely abuse them, he leaves them with you. Why? Because you're going to give account for them. And so even when we don't exalt God and we exalt ourselves, God still leaves the gift with us. How, easy, how much easier would it be if we just took the gift away when we weren't operating it properly, right? Then we'd be going, no, I've lost the gift, I must be not doing well with the Lord. And then we could fix it. But he doesn't do that. But the test which we all need to pose upon every single gift that's operating is, is the Lord being exalted through this gift? Church, let us never forget doing that. Please. As this church grows and as people begin to express their gifts more and more, let that always be the test of every single gift that operates in this body. Is Jesus being exalted? Because as we mature, we need to make sure that we remain doing that, exalting Jesus in all we do. Secondly, all spiritual gifts are God-given. All spiritual gifts are God-given. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. Variety of services, but the same Lord. Variety of activities, but it is the same God who activates 
all of them in everyone. And what that means is that God has been intentional with this church. Every single gift that He's placed here, He's done with intention. Because He knows what we need, and that's why He's placed you here. He knows that I don't have it all, and so He's placed your gift here. Otherwise, I'd be worshipping and people would leave. He knows what we need. There's a very real reason that you are gifted the way that you are gifted. You are not a mistake. Your wiring is not a mistake. Your gifting is not a mistake. It's not just the result of your upbringing. God has placed a gift inside every single one of these things. Intentionally. Knowing that this day will be here when you're all sitting together in a room. God going, I need your gift in that body. I need your gift in that body. God has been intentional with you and with your life. And He's given you the gifts for a reason. And so we're moved to consider, what is it that I am gifted with? Surely, if God has been intentional with your life and this church, and He has specifically placed a gift inside of you, surely, Paul's saying, we need to figure this stuff out. So what gift has God placed in you? What's stirring? As I read through those lists of some of the gifts, some of them stood out and you were like, ah, oh, that'd be cool. The same spirit, awesome. Speaking time. Yeah. Which gifts is God placed inside of you? Because certainly there are various gifts. He says there are various services. There are various activities. It's the only to busy ourselves with in order to what? Not make this church bigger, bring glory to Jesus. That's why your gift's been added here. We're not going to be a body that brings sufficient glory to Jesus if your God-given intentional gift is not operated as He intends. And so we're encouraged by Paul and by the Scriptures to figure out that thing, man. What is your gift? Or where can I express it? Those coffee people, bless them. But, amen. They are exalted highly by the Lord. What is your gift? What is it that God has placed in you? Thirdly, all spiritual, all spiritual gifts are for, the common good. What does that mean? Your gift's not about you. It means your gift is given firstly for the glory of Jesus, but secondly for the good of everyone else in this room and not you. Everybody else in this room. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Isn't that cool? When you operate in your gift, it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. What is that? This is not just the Arabian stuff. The Holy Spirit gets to move through you somehow, but we are not And bring glory to Jesus, bring good for the common people around you, while He manifests Himself through you. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. From the one spirit, we were all baptized into this one body. Jews, Greeks, saved, all of us differently, all coming together for the good of everybody else. And everyone's supposed to be different. We're not supposed to all look the same, all the same backgrounds, all speak the same. We're supposed to be different because it's beautiful. Church, the body of Christ, is messy. Yes, anyone notice it? Anyone? It's messy. But it's kind of an organized chaos, right? like having children, organized chaos. That's what it is. But it's beautiful to the Lord because it is for the common good. It pulls those around us. And so God's purpose for you is the benefit of the church. God wants to give liberty and advantage 
because of you. How weird is that? We have an advantage over another church. We have an advantage over the world. We have an advantage over the Satan and all that he's trying to do. Because you're in this church. How incredible is that? Because the Holy Spirit wants to manifest himself through you in a specific way. And we lose that advantage if we don't make ourselves available to the Spirit to do you. If we don't do the hard work and striving for those gifts as he puts Figuring it out. What is my gift? Where can it operate? And so it's a grave misconduct when a spiritual person doesn't concern themselves with figuring out the gift and bringing it to bear on the body. You're going to be accountable. Like the talents. Remember that the Lord, the Master, gives to the slaves? Listen, talents. But you're going to give an account when he returns. And so it's not supposed to be condemning. It's supposed to be, here's a cool stack of cash. Go and invest. That's supposed to be exciting. And God wants this church to have an advantage because you're in it. And so if the gifts are for the common good, it means they mustn't be neglected. We mustn't neglect the gift that God has placed in us. And indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Do you feel like you don't belong to this body? It's a real question. Some of us who are part of a congregation, part of a church, actually don't feel like you belong. It doesn't make you any less part of this body. But more than that, I want you to be encouraged that you are part of this body. God is not intentionally placed you here accidentally. He can't intentionally make an accident. That's not God. He's perfectly placed you here. It's an ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. I'm not like that bunch of, those bunch of leaders. I'm not like my life group leader. I'm not like that user. I don't belong here. And maybe you do, because not everyone's supposed to look like that. Maybe God's trying to mix things up. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He God is in this thing. God is doing it. If all were a single member, where would the body be? If we were all just a bunch of preachers, how boring would that be? I'd preach and sit down, the next one would take over, we'd be here all day. But we're all different gifts, and it's beautiful to see. God has arranged the members of the body, each one as He chose. There are many members, yet one body. I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Well, we don't need that in the street. No! Nor again, that it's the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weak are indispensable. And those members of the body that are even less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need us. The body has so arranged the body giving the greater honor to the inferior members. Those who you think are heroes in the church are the most inferior. That's what he said. Those who we look at are like, what a gift! They're the most inferior. That's what it's saying. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this, but God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension, no fighting, no disunity within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. Your gift is given to you for the care of those people next to you. They need you. They need your God-given gift to build them up. 
not to be scorned. Each member ought to rest satisfied. Are you satisfied with the gift that God has given you? If God has given you a gift, intentionally, for the building up of this body, which He has planned, and has been keeping it going for 2,000 years, are you content with the gift that He's placed in you? Or are we going to be like Israel, murmuring through the desert, moaning and complaining against God? Why do not I have that gift? Why can't I sing better, Lord? Well, are you content? You know what? God's facing me. I can rest in that. Like a real rest. You stop trying to strive to be like Matt. But actually, Matt, God's given us that gift. Let it operate. Let it roll. Justine's not like Matt, but rest in that gift. Let it operate. Let it build up the science. What is your gift? Do you rest in it? Can you rest in it? And that rest is going to be a recurring theme for you as you begin to operate your gift. Because you're going to start comparing, you're going to start beginning to feel the, the weight of the responsibility of it. Yes, as you begin to impact more and more people's lives with your gift, you, you start feeling the response like there's people's lives at stake. But can you rest in the fact, even in that place, that God, no, no, God has so gifted you. It's just easy, Asha. Easy, easy guy. You feel the responsibility of people's lives. Can you rest there, God? You've called me to this. I've got to trust in you. I've got to walk with you. I've got to abide in you. You've got to leave from that place. Can you rest in the fact that God has called you, gifted you, and placed you in liberty with specific gifts for specific reasons? Please don't become like me. One of me is more than me. Don't say yes to <laughs> what gift are you? And don't wait till you're my age before you figure it out, Shannon. What is your gift? Let the Spirit begin to work and manifest Himself through you. From a young age, His body needs you. You're here for a reason. If all of us desire to be an I, what is the consequence? The body dies. If the body were just an eye, it would die. When you see an eye lying on the floor, you don't say, oh, look at this body, oh, lovely, no. You want to know where the rest of the dead corpses. And so if we start beginning to look like one another, we're on a one-way track to death. What are you saying? I just place a variety of gifts. Let's see those gifts come out. Let's see them function from the place of abiding in Christ. Because God has acted with great love and intentionality. You know that? The gift that He placed in you, He loves liberty so much that He gifted you a specific way and placed you there. So it's not about you, but it's about God's great love. And you, know, you know when you're trying to build a team, or even at work, you're trying to work together with people, easy to work together, right? No, it's not. But think of God. I mean, there's times on our team, you're like, this, I really wish I had this person. I really wish I had this person and a person like this. It would make my life so much easier. Average? You're like, oh! God goes, I know what they need, and I'm going to create them and give every single person that they're going to need. How awesome is it? He's placed every single perfect gift in this body for the good of liberty, for the common good of those around you, praise of Jesus. Because when liberty is doing wow, people look at the church and go, wow, what a God they 
Israel's argument to God every time they were about to be annihilated in the desert, you know what the argument was? Lord, what will people think of you? If your people are new to the desert, they're like, how can we get out of this? Oh, Lord, it's your fame that's at stake here. What did he do? He actually changed his mind. Because God is so closely knit, his reputation is so closely knit with his people that when they do well, he's honored and glorified. And so for us to do well, not in human terms, in holding one another up and giving glory to Jesus, we've got to each one of us be the best manifestation of this prayer. Striving, he says, for us. How can you know, wake up one day and just be this incredible gift to the church? I wish it was that easy. But you strive for it. The music, they are gifted, make no mistake. But they didn't just wake up one day, pick up a guitar, and what they went. They strove with their gift. They strove with the right past and subscribe, isn't it? They strove for their gift to be used in a way that pulls up the common good and brings glory to Jesus. What is your gift? Have you identified it? Are you working at seeing the church built up that Jesus may be exalted? John Calvin says that in this passage, Paul exhorts everyone to be satisfied with his own calling. And I love this. And not to invade another's territory. As ambition, curiosity, or some other disposition induces many to take in hand more than is expedient or intended by God. When we compare, we want to take ground that's not ours, and there's more than we can actually handle. In time, as the Lord matures us and grows us, He begins to give us more and more responsibility. Here he says, however, he exhorts the news to plead to one another, to plead to each other, hold to one another as we progress and grow in our gifts, in a mutual distribution of gifts. As though we're not conferred upon them by God that everyone should enjoy his own separately, but your gift was given to you that you can enjoy them together. And so if you're like, oh, I'm just like a home church kind of guy, you know, I come to church once a month, gathering once a month, because my gift I really need back at home. Paul saying it doesn't work like that. You can't disconnect the body part from the body and expect it to last very, very long. Right? And the body's not going to be healthy. Your gift is given to you for the unity and the building up of liberty, this family. Lastly, if it is that God has given all these gifts, it means that all spiritual gifts must be exercised in love. All of our gifts must be exercised in love. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ. It's a huge responsibility. And yet also individually. So there is a you, but there's an us. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. He then says, but strive for the greater gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent one. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but I do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or playing symbol. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, anyone remove mountains recently? If you can do that, but you do not have love, it says you're nothing. It says there's absolutely nothing. But pursue love and strife for the spiritual gifts. Don't change it swing. Pursue love and strive for the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. 
And so the body can only be whole and healthy if each member is present and actively functioning in life. Make sense? It's the only way that this church can be healthy is if we're all present, not just attending, but actually present with our gifts and functioning in life. When we neglect our gift, it's not just you, the body suffers. When we withhold our gift, I feel like the Lord might be saying something, but I'll just wait to see this again. This is a good chance you The body suffers. When we exercise our gift without love, the body suffers. And so Greg and I are incredibly grateful for this body. It really, really It's been years of challenge, as all of us, I think, would experience our walk with the Lord. It's challenging. Yet at the same time, just a body of people seeking God, wanting the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, operating through them. And so we are very grateful for the individual gifts that God has given us. He's bestowed upon us by His sovereign hand. And we are grateful to Him for that. We're grateful to the space which He's created for us to serve. Not just to have that gift, but actually to find a space to exercise that gift. We're incredibly grateful. And we're also incredibly grateful for the activities. She has given us within the body to express this gift. He's been incredibly, incredibly kind to us. However, amidst that striving uh, for these spiritual gifts and to see the Holy Spirit work through us, we have found ourselves somewhat lacking in that pursuit of love. And there's the gifts, but then there's also operating those gifts in love. And so, of course, we deeply love one another. It's been 18 years of incredible adventure. Um, but we are finding recurring themes of disunity in our lives. So we have great gifts that the Lord has bestowed upon us, and they're great because He's given them to us, which is very great. But there needs to be unity, there needs to be operating of these gifts in love. And so if there is this unity rather than unity, in some way we suffer, right? And when we suffer, the body suffers. That's what the scripture says. Any of us suffering, the body suffers. So for the sake of the whole body, uh, we have requested from the elders a few months sabbatical uh, in which we are going to strive a little less for our spiritual gifts, kind of put them to the side, and we want to pursue love afresh again in the spirit. And so there's not a state of disaster in our marriage, there's one in this country, but not in our marriage. We're trying to intentionally avoid that. We want to avoid our marriage getting to a place where there's actually no benefit to us and there's no benefit to anybody else. And so we value strong family in this church equally as strong ministry. We said that to leaders throughout the years. I don't care if your ministry is strong, but your marriage is falling apart. Then we can the ministry. There's no point. We've just seen that through the ages in churches, ministry dropping and rolling, couples falling off the, off the road. And we're like, that's just it's not what the Lord has for We want strong families and we want strong ministry. And so we have requested from the elders for us to be able to step aside from ministry demands for the next few months uh, and for them to help facilitate a process to make the best use of those few months. We don't want to just have a three month vacation. Uh, we really want to pursue greater and growing love within our marriage. And so we don't want to distance ourselves from community either, is not what we're saying, because Paul writes to the Ephesians and says that God has put all things under Jesus' feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, 
the fullness of Him who forms all in all. So you are the fullness of Christ. So we don't want to distance ourselves from the fullness of Christ. We want to work on our stuff within the fullness of Christ. Does that make sense? So we don't want to withdraw. We want to push in and find space to push into community. Because this body is where healing and wholeness in Christ takes place. That's what it says. Wholeness and healing takes place. And so it seems good to us, the elders and to the Holy Spirit, to ask the in the need just to hold this theory for the next three months. While we step aside and spend time investing in our marriage, and so until mid-May, we're going to ask them to do that. And obviously, through this time, are uh, wanting much prayer for us, much prayer for this church, much prayer for the future, and what God has for liberty and for the saints. And so, I'm going to hand over to you now. Thank you, Dan. What a great body we have. What a privilege it is to be a part of this body. And I, uh, I want to take a moment as we close just to commend Yen uh, Gregan. When you have a part of your body that's not doing so well, you don't cut it off. You, you get, you get the, the, the treatments or the medical assistance that you need. Um, and so this is a good and right thing for us to do. And getting Reagan are modeling that. I think so often we shy away from the festering wounds in our lives to our own detriment, to the body's detriment. And here, with something that they could easily just ignore, they're addressing to a wound before it festers and we end up having to cut something off that we don't want to. So I want to commend you guys because that's not easy to do. We haven't necessarily got great examples of that uh, in our lives, at least for me personally. And so I, I thank you um, for prioritizing uh, the good of the greater body and for your family. Uh, so well done. Thank you for that. And so folks, I think practically speaking, we're going to transition uh, things in the next week or so. But they're not going anywhere, as they said. They're still part of this body. But as they tend to things in their lives, I want to ask that in terms of uh, pastoral things or things that are, in this case, work-related, church-related, would you, would you release them for the next three months so that they can get the care and the rest and the investment into their, their family that they need? And uh, if you need to process anything, this is a safe space. Please come and speak to the elders, myself. Nick, Matt, Linz, Mikhail, and Inga. They wish they could be here this morning. They were away camping, getting some much needed rest, so they'll be uh, home later today. But if you have questions, this is a safe space to ask that. But we want to free the bots up to be able to, to do this. This is a good and healthy thing um, that, we, that we see uh, in Scripture. We need to be able to do this. And so uh, I think it's also an opportunity, and we beautifully stitched that into this message, for each of us to look at our own lives, to look and examine, is there an area in my own life that actually I need to, I need to take some, some care of? Um, we don't want to be those that strive for the facade of gifts and ministry at the lack of uh, the, the state of our, our personal relationship with Jesus or our families or the, the important relationships in our lives. And so what I do want to do is just pray for the bots as we close, just as they prepare for this beautiful sabbatical that is going to lay ahead. Um, it's not going to be pina coladas on the beach. Uh, 
And so I would love to pray for them as they prepare for that and pray for us as a church that we may strive to be this body in unity that Glenn just unpacked for us. Something that we cannot do in and of ourselves. We need to stay in step with the Spirit as we unpacked on Wednesday night. So if you could stand with me, uh, I'm going to lay hands on them. And uh, if you could join me in prayer. Lord God, we thank you so much for this body, this church of liberty. And we thank you for this couple. We thank you for the seven or eight years of striving that they have done, where they have laid themselves down for you and your kingdom. And God, as they prepare for a sweet time off, I'm sure it will involve much hardship. But God, would you equip them? Would you equip us as a church? This is an exciting season that you have ahead for all of us. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would be with us. That you would be the one guiding our steps. It's not walk in 100 meters with the Spirit or walking kilometers with the Spirit. It's walk in step with the Spirit. God, we want to humble ourselves and say step for step. Would you guide us? Would you lead us? Each and every one. As the the body prepared for this time off, I just ask for your wisdom. I ask for your peace to be upon them. Would you be with us as a church, God? We thank you for your spirit being with us. We thank you for what you are doing amongst us. Would we be a body, a wholesome body, not a giant head body or a giant eye body, a wholesome body, Lord God, a healthy body. Lead us and guide us. Continue. Please don't be far from us, God. Stay close with us. We, we tap into you. You are our safe space, God. Be with us as a family, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for this word. Thank you for this body. Thank you for this couple. Be exalted in all that we do. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks, folks. So, uh, practically speaking, I think we'll, we'll do a little bit more on that next week, but uh, it's, it's family as usual. This is, this is what it is to be in the body. We support one another. We pray for one another. So, uh, as we go, please do be in prayer for us as a church, for us as leaders, uh, as an eldership team. We appreciate it, and we are so stoked that we get to do life with you all. Looking forward to Wednesday night where the Holy Spirit continue to make His Word alive. I'm so excited to see what He does in us as we strive to become more like Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone. Be blessed. Have a good week.